This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Depending on who you ask, Bukit Bintang can either be known as a place that can be pretty congested traffic-wise or a shopping heaven for tourists mainly. Enter the Urban Museum or Urmu to change that narrative. The five-storey contemporary building tucked neatly in a row of residential come commercial areas of Bukit Bintang aims to make KL's Golden Triangle a cultural space too by making arts more accessible to the public as it opens its doors to visitors. LFKL paid a visit to the museum to speak to its manager, Manura Huda, to learn more about what Urban Museum offers and how they're positioning themselves alongside other attractions in Bukit Bintang. So my name is Munira Huda. I am the current manager at Urban Museum or um, short form for Urmu. Yeah. Urmu, okay. So you guys actually do call it Urmu? Yes, we oh. do call it Urmu. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be pronounced Urmu. Urmu, correct. All right. Okay, so we're on the fifth floor of Urmu. Yes, uh, correct. For, so for the uninitiated, can you perhaps tell them what is Urban Museum actually? So Urban Museum is a collection of a prominent sort of art collector here in Malaysia. The owner is an architect in Malaysia as well. He's quite big on sort of like green buildings. So that's your hint to maybe guess who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us a bit about the history of this building. Has it always been here and has it always been like this? Oh, because because it has a very contemporary style. Um, yeah, what was the history behind this building? Okay, so the building itself before was, uh, it was a residential building. So... The owner has always owned this building um, way back when. Before this, he rented it out much like our neighbours, which are um, housings for sort of like foreign workers and also locals as well. Um, he only made the 180 degree change um, during the pandemic itself when he got the idea to make a small scale museum in Malaysia. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So like I was telling you earlier, I mean, despite the name being Urban Museum, yeah. I for some reason has always thought of it as an art gallery of sorts. But technically, it's not, right? You would rather it be known as a museum, museum right? Yeah, despite having yeah. the you know hallmarks of being an art gallery of sorts, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that in a way, sort of like we would think an art gallery is for you know for sort of like buyers to sort of like sell art or to buy art. So we wanted to have the name museum in a way that we are here to showcase Malaysian artists to sort of like tomorrow the public. That and it is you know made available for everyone to enjoy rather than sort of like a small niche in the market. Yeah. Mm, all right. So, the owner, I mean, he's he has owned the building for quite a while. He decided to finally turn it into a museum of sorts. You know, what were some of the renovations done to make this building, I guess, be up to par to his ambition to to actually be a be, be a museum. You know, what 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 renovations did he do to to change the museum up? He had he sort of like transformed the building. So that it's um it's sort of like disabled friendly with so we've installed like a lift um in the what was before the um the airwell so we've installed a lift so that you know it's accessible to everyone so uh you know everyone could visit it and then he also installed um sort of like light roofs so that we get quite a lot of um like natural lighting in as well. Mm, yeah, and in terms of the curation, so it's um, we have five floors here. Correct. So um, walk me through the process of the curation in terms of I guess uh, each floor having uh, different themes. So he wanted to, in a way, for the museum to be bits of his life. So he made the theme um, in a way to introduce himself in the uh, museum itself as well. Uh, as well. 
So he always had the idea of like which pieces, which prominent pieces would go where. And then we sort of like work around that particular piece and, and then we built the story from there. So each of the floor is quite, in a way, like opposing to each other. Like the first floor would be Sense Asia, which is more about the culture, the people. And then at the front, we have people, which is, you know, an individual, you know. And then we go up to the top. It's power play and kampung kita, which is, you know, something that is like uh, kampung kita, you would think it's more of a peaceful life versus power play, which is uh, more targeted to sort of like political and more of, you know, city play and things like that. So it co- the theme of sort of opposition continues on to all the way up to the fifth floor. Mm. Yeah. What are the other themes, if you don't mind sharing to our uh, listeners? Um, so the third floor is raksasa and superhero. So, you know, monsters and superhero. And then the next floor, I think it's more on... Uh, next floor is structure and framing modernity. So the idea of abstraction versus sort of like structure, something that you can see. And then the fifth floor is... Uh, it's a rooftop. We do have a rooftop garden. So on the back end, we have Madi's garden, which is you know very natural, very green and lush. And then versus to the front side of the building which is um, Sculpture Lounge. So it faces the city. So it's sort of like the opposition between the nature and the city, in a way. All right. Yeah. And all the art pieces here are actually from the Founders Private Collection, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. All right. So to a certain extent, this is a space for him to showcase his, his personal collection? Yes. So um, it's in a way, it's also his sort of like entertaining space for clients because we do get sort of like visitors from overseas may it be his client or um, visit visitors so it's quite nice to sort of in a way like oh this is a bite size of sort of like Malaysian culture Malaysian art all rolled up into sort of like one building mm. and yeah. because, because it's I mean it's a museum first and or rather it's a, it's a hybrid of a museum and, and an art gallery of sorts yeah. uh, this is not a space for, at least for now, uh, for people to showcase their artwork, right? So, so uh, in terms of the creation, it's probably going to be, for now, still pretty much fixed? Yeah. So for now, we we don't really have um, any sort of like plans to either to remove an exhibition or to add any exhibition. So it is quite permanent. But um, we do have more spaces up and coming in the plans, but we still haven't solidified any of it yet. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Earlier you told me uh, a, st- a story about how um, the founder was pretty much, I guess, inspired by his experience elsewhere in terms of, I guess, creating a mini museum of sorts, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, if you don't mind sharing the story again oh. for our listeners, yeah, yeah, can you perhaps tell us th- that story and also the reasoning behind why he decided to, to I guess, create a mini museum of sorts, um, you know, especially in a place like KL where we do have our fair share of museums, but mm-hmm. yeah, perhaps, you know, according to the founder's thoughts, there is still a need for, for a mini museum to still be around, you know, especially in a, in a, in city, a city area. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so basically, the owner first got the inspiration to build um, Urban Museum from his visit in Amsterdam. So after his visit to the Anne Frank Museum and the Rembrandt House, he found himself like quite content we sort of like, you know, even though, uh, you know, you're spending like one hours, two hours in the building, but you're gaining so much from it. And then you still have enough time to get, you know, your the famous coffee in X and Y Street. So he finds, when he comes back to Malaysia, he finds that it's lacking here in Malaysia. We do have sort of like great museums like, um, you know, Museum Negara. And then for art, we have the Balai, Seni Lukis as well. But it's it's not something that you can sort of like wrap it up in a day. You must you must at least finish like I think about 
must spend about four or five hours in order to tour around the thing, uh, tour around the space. So he thought like, okay, you know what, let me, because, um, you know, he has a space which is the Ermos building, which is right at the centre of KL. For people to access it is quite easy because we do have uh, public transport around. So he decides to sort of like fill in that blank um, for visitors who come to Malaysia and just wants to have like a bite, like a quick sort of like bite of Malaysia culture. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So to to a certain extent, is the museum's location is also pretty strategic, right? So yeah. and it adds to the character of of this area. I mean, despite this area being pretty um, well known and famous, uh, not just among tourists, because sometimes you know when when we talk about Bukit Bintang, yeah. people tend to just think about Bukit Bintang. As a, as a shopping hub As a shopping yeah, hub yeah. And always a famous place <laughs> Among tourists But it's also Meant to also be Be filled with with You know um, Spaces like this Right To mm. a certain extent I mean And it's also I, I think to a certain extent Locals uh, should also I guess Revisit or embrace uh, Bukit Bintang Because of spaces as like as this as Right yeah. Yeah. I mean we Well I think You know Bukit Bintang As Sort of like an area People would think It's a yeah, it's a shopping centre because we do have like a pavilion next door and then lot 10 Fahrenheit. Um, so we want to sort of like, you know, we bring the culture back to KL, you know, so we have like a hub in KL and then uh, to enhance, I guess, the culture around this around the area, yeah. That was Munira Huda, manager of Urban Museum, Bukit Bintang's latest attraction, sharing the story behind the space. We'll be back after the short break. I'm Hanif Parudin, and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show today is Munira Huda, Manager of Urban Museum or Urumu, a modern space showcasing the founder's private collection tucked in the heart of Bukit Bintang. Here's the second part of our chat that was done at the museum itself. Do take note that you'll hear the occasional sound of thunder in this part of our conversation. So the founder wishes to remain anonymous so I think we're going to respect his privacy uh, in terms of that but but can you perhaps walk me through his his architectural journey and the kind of um, I guess uh, imprints that we can see not only in this building uh, but also in, in the kind of collections that he has here okay I think his I'm not sure if it's quite prominent in his architecture but he likes sort of like simple design with um, always having green in mind so he would always insert sort of like you know natural lighting in the space sort of like good ventilation like even for the fifth floor he sort of like emphasizes uh, when I first started it's like oh if you you know because it is a glass it's actually a, sort of like a glass house but he sort of incorporates uh, cross ventilation as well so that the air um, the space stays cool and things like that and then he tries to use you know um, sort of like materials to the best extent yeah mm. Uh, what about his uh, collections here? Uh, because I think, I mean, you've given me the tour just yeah. now and it was it was pretty interesting to see how diverse and varied his collections uh, are to, to a certain extent. Um, I mean, you've met the person, you yeah. work with him. Um, maybe you can, I guess, share what is he like as a person and the kind of taste, quote-unquote, if that's the right yeah. term to use, yeah. that he has when it comes to art collections. Yeah. I, uh, well, initially, I know that he starts... 
he started collecting back in his, in his college days. So since the 1980s, I believe, sort of like, and then he's still collecting till today. So in a way, you can see his progression of how he collects. Um, prior to Ermu, he has always collected to, uh, in a way, to his taste, to, you know, like how... I think a lot of people when they start collecting, you know, art or you know, an interest, they would think like, oh, okay, this is pretty, I'll buy that, or this is pretty, I'll buy this. So he found that during his creation in Malaysia uh, to curate Ermu, um, there wasn't any cohesive pieces that could work each other. So that's in a way, Ermu has changed his way of how he collects things, uh, how he collects art as well. I would say his uh, taste is quite diverse, and. Um, if you do have sort of like the opportunity to meet with the owner, it's quite nice to to hear him talk about his collection as well because each piece brings a different meaning to him. So, you know, it's in a way like how each people see art sort of like in different light. You know, one person might say like, oh, you know, um, this looks like an apple. Another person might say like, oh, this looks like an orange. You know, I think that's the beauty of art. It's how each people have a different interpretation in it. And then there's no like one absolute answer to art itself. Um, apart from that, he's also very uh, adamant about wanting to showcase um, local artists, right? So yes. I think 70% of the art pieces here are all uh, from uh, local artists, yeah, um, and yeah. and thirty percent of them are from um, artists around the region. Yeah, uh, tell us more about that. You know, um, is that something that's intentional? It is, I would say, because we we are ultimately trying to promote sort of like fine art um, to introduce the public to um, sort of like Malaysian artists. Because you know, if you think of like you know, when you mention like fine art, people will always think of you know the like, you know, the Picassos, the Leonardo da Vinci, like, they don't know who, like, Malaysian artists is, which I think is quite sad, because we do have quite, sort of, like, really great, like, contemporary artists here in Malaysia. And we, yeah, so in a way, we want to be the space as, you know, an introduction to fine art and then to get to know these fine artists in Malaysia. So we always encourage um, visitors to, you know, if you are interested then um, we would always link them to different um, to different art galleries as well in town. So if we find, if they say, like, oh, you know, I like um, how you guys did for the fourth floor, then we'll be like, oh, okay, maybe you, you want to check out, you know, like um, this gallery, they're having an exhibition in town. It's, you know, it might be your style. You know, if you do have the time, you can pop in. So in a way, we want Ermo to be like a sort of like an art gallery hub, I guess, in a way for you to get in connection with the art world. Perhaps maybe the intention is to also uh, spark um, the interest the in interest, art um, yeah. among people, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the term art accessibility just now. You know, wanting to make art more accessible. Um, was that part of the founder's vision as well when he set up uh, Urmu? In in a way, yeah. Because we, um, you know, if you think of like fine art, you always feel like or entering like you know a new space that is you know quite the un- quite unknown you would be more sort of like tense you wouldn't be yourself you wouldn't you know be able to you'd be like more well behaved i guess so we wanted to make our mood to feel like oh you're entering someone's sort of like space you can be comfortable in it um, so we want to make art in a way more accessible to people as in you you know you you when you see an art you feel very familiar like we wouldn't want to you know 
to make people feel like oh my god you know um, they have this term called like art berat will be like if it's something that you can't understand it's like oh ni ni art berat ni and then you know they just walk away so we we want sort of like the pieces that we have here in Ermu to sort of like spark conversation between two person so you know hopefully that sort of like in- creates more interest as well mm. yeah so uh, what me through the process of of uh, visiting this museum because um I mean, prior to coming over, I initially thought that you have to make appointments on their website. But I mean, now that I'm here, you can actually technically walk in, right? But, yes. But yeah, walk me through the process of actually, yeah. yeah. If so, visitors want to come over. Um, there, we do have an online booking system. But in case if you know, if you just happen to be in town and you have an hour or two to spare, you can just walk in. Um, if it's during a low sort of like during our more lower seasons then you can always you know you're more than welcome to enter we do have sort of like a walk-in process as well but um, during the weekends we do tend to get a little bit more full so it's best to pre-book during the weekends but if during the weekdays you're in town and you decide to pop in just pop in and you know yeah, we'll be more than happy to welcome. Mm, yeah. yeah, and there is a small fee involved. Right? I mean, it's not it's not free. <laughs> <laughs> we do charge a small fee, so uh, it's ten ringgit for adults, and if you are a student with a valid student ID, then it's only five ringgit. Yeah. Will visitors visit here be uh, accompanied by the curator or a tour guide of sorts? If let's say they want explanations of you know the art pieces or things like that. Um, we do provide. We do have like sticker labels to explain, but of course, um, we want the visitors to sort of like explore the art themselves. But if you know they do have like further questions, we are always downstairs to sort of like to give an explanation or to answer any of your queries. Mm. So far, who has been visiting Arumo? Um, we do get a lot of students. Sort of like it started off with fine art students. And then it slowly grew to sort of like younger crowds. And then now we do get a lot of um, sort of like foreign tourists as well, especially from Australia and Russia, surprisingly. Yeah. And what's the feedback that you have gotten from visitors so far? They find the place very comfortable. Like they feel like, oh, it feels like, you know, my uncle's home or something like that. So they find it very sort of like very chill, very relaxed, and they feel very comfortable in the space. So a lot of them tend to overstay um, their, because we do allocate an hour and a half for each of our visitors. But of course, if it's, you know, if you have the time to visit, uh, a lot more time to spend, then you're more than welcome to stay. Mm. Um, you mentioned how Bukit Bintang is mostly known as a shopping hub, especially for tourists. Um, but how important is it, you know, do you feel a, a space like Urmu is to, to contribute or to change that perception, I suppose? I think I mean, we we're just one sort of like entity, but if it's to sort of like rejuvenate the place for you know to have more people to visit the area, I think it's quite a good addition to have. But so far we've been getting quite sort of like quite good feedbacks from sort of like even from the locals. Um, we do have like quite. Um, you know like we have Jersey Jack across the street so sometimes when people ask like oh hey where can I get good coffee then you know we would sort of like point in directions to our neighbours so it's quite nice I guess to have um, like an area where like you know you if it's an area of interest then people will come towards the area yeah sort of like to generate more food traffic yeah mm-hmm. alright okay um, so we were spoken about this earlier yeah. uh, you said that perhaps uh, it's more likely that um, the curation here will stay intact uh, for now. Uh, but are there any plans or do you foresee um, the curator, the founder, perhaps wanting to, I guess, spruce things up a bit you know, down the line? 
for now, for Ermu, it is quite a permanent collection. Um, we've sort of like brought up to the uh, the idea of the owner to change, um, you know, like maybe one room, but he said he wants it to be remain permanent so that other people, um, you know, more visitors can come and visit the curation. But um, there are sort of like new spaces in the planning, sort of like popping up, hopefully to pop up within KL. So that is still in the planning. So the Ermu brand just might expand to, you know, more neighborhoods in KL. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So most likely similar concept of, of uh, Ermu, I guess, popping up at neighborhoods of sorts, you yeah. know, similar to what it is currently right now in Bukit Bintang, right? Yes. Okay, all right. So um, without actually spoiling uh, <laughs> visitors' ex- experience, because yeah, we don't want to spoil it, we just want to tease them. Yeah. Um, what are some of, some of your favorite uh, pieces here? Okay, my my personal, I would say my personal favorite piece is actually um, at the third floor corridor. There's this sort of like an image of a, you know, the creepy baby, the mayonnaise creepy. So the creepy baby surrounded by mushrooms. So I don't know how other people view it, but I view it as like, you know, like the the whole world is decaying. And then, you know, because... You know, we just came out of a pandemic, so it was a very hard time for everyone. So I saw the mushroom as like a decaying entity, but then the creepy baby is always smiling. So I'm like, you know, just stay positive, even if the other, you know, the world is crumbling. But this is my view of the sort of like one of my favorite art pieces. But for other visitors, they do like our art piece with an Ultraman and Patai. So that has been a fan favorite. And also the we well they call it the dinosaur, but it's actually the skeleton of Makara, which is um, sort of like a hybrid myth, um, similar to Chimera in the Greek mythology. Yeah, Chimera, which is like combination of three animals. So the Makara is sort of like the Southeast Asian version of it. Yeah, so that has been the dinosaur as well in our museum. Yeah, I would like to. I think I think for me those are my favorites as well. Yeah. But I also personally enjoy the window, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, uh, yeah because I think that, that one is pretty smart. Uh, so, uh, listeners, if you do come over, you can probably find out uh, for yourself. Um, all right. So uh, last but not least, um, you've mentioned you know some reasons why uh, I guess the founder decided to set up Ermu. Uh, apart from those reasons, you know what else does he hope Ermu can achieve? Not only uh, you know in contributing to the I guess art scene here in Kuala Lumpur, but also to a certain extent, you know, in in getting I guess the larger public to to relate more closely to art. I think um, we well we do hope that the others sort of like a local sort of local visitors get to know um, our fine artists and also to in a way grow the Malaysian sort of like creative hub in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Alright, okay, so for visitors uh, or listeners out there who would like to find out more about Urmu, uh, where can they go to for more information? Okay, so we we do have, we are on Instagram and TikTok, we're more active on Instagram, so you can find us at Urmu, so it's U-R underscore three times, so underscore 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 at M-U or you can just Google us um, Urmu or Urban Museum Kuala Lumpur, then um, you should be able to find us there as well.
You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was the voice of Munira Huda, manager of Urban Museum or Urmu, a contemporary museum showcasing the owner's private collection located in the heart of Bukit Bintang. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl. Our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store. You can also find this episode and many others on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on X at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.